So Stacy and I actually had not talked about what she was going to do in her children's sermon until several hours ago. But I'm going to tell you about our pandemic puppy, who is nothing as obedient as Nipsey. So we got a Cavapoo, precious lady, just the sweetest thing. And then in March, we got Bear. And isn't he darling looking? He moved around like a bear cub. If you've ever seen a bear cub in the wild, it's like their upper body and their lower body are separate. It's like... <laughs> and then he would sit on his... By the way, that could be a dance if any of y'all want to use that up there. Um, he would sit on his haunches, just like bear cubs do, and then swat. And so he, his name fits him perfectly. And this is him and Lady early on. He's three months old and she's 18 months. See, they're about the same size. And, and Lady definitely wanted to be alpha. She was faster, she was stronger, she was wiser. So just fast forward to last month. Now, <laughs> have you ever? Is her face not the most pitiful thing ever? What have you done to us? What have you done? And now, this is them trying to play together. Just play with me, play with me. And then he's just going to throw out a paw. <laughs> but he eventually comes down. Look at the size difference. He is clearly the stronger one. He is faster. He's not necessarily wiser. But this dog is anything but gentle. When Pastor Stephen's kids came over to our house, this dog, Bear, ran them over. And so he's now referred to as the big dog that we have to be afraid of. Bear has not ex gone through any type of training classes. And this is the interesting thing, though. He is so patient. He will sit there and wait for his food. He is kind, and he puts his head up in your lap, just wanting a little bit of attention, but he is anything but gentle. All that this summer long, we have been looking at these different fruit of the Spirit, and it has occurred to me that many of them seem to kind of go in tandem with one another. So someone that is patient, it would be hard to separate that from someone that is being kind. Or someone that is faithful, it would be hard to separate that from someone that is being loving. But this gentleness thing, it seems to me to be a little bit different. Because there are times in my life where I'm actually doing the very loving thing of correcting my children, but my tone is not going to be gentle. If someone is about to hit me in a car, I am not going to gently tap, tap, tap the horn. You bet I'm going to whack on that thing out of protection and love for the people that are in my car as well as for the other people. So what's the deal with gentleness? I, I think it's a unique fruit in comparison to the other ones. Jesus refers to himself as gentle. It's an adjective that Jesus describes his own character. And we're going to look at that passage today from the Gospel of Matthew. And I'm hoping that it can give us some insight into what this fruit means. 
Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Who are people in your life that you would describe as gentle? That's just their disposition. When I think of that, the first people I think of are the ones that are not gentle. This word is found all throughout the New Testament, and it's often coupled with words like patient, respect, humility. It's the same word that Jesus uses in the Beatitude when he says, blessed are the meek. It's the same Greek word there, for they will inherit the earth. Several weeks ago, Pastor Stephen actually preached on this specific text at the beginning of his sermon when he was talking about the fruit of kindness. And and he talks about how in this passage, when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, that easy word is the same word that Paul uses for kind. Listen to what Stephen said about kindness, because I think it has something as a foundation for what we're going to talk about today. He said, kindness is levity. It brings lightness with it. It helps hold something heavy. It literally takes off some of the weight or burden. And so when we are kind to people, we are helping them lift whatever may be burdening them at the time. I think gentleness has the capability to do that as well. And I think that's why they're both in this passage where Jesus is talking about this yoke and this burden being lifted. But there is something that distinguishes gentleness and kindness, in my opinion. Kindness is something one does. It is an act. It is visible. Gentleness is the way in which one does the act. It is the ethos. It is the attitude. And there are two things that this passage teaches us about gentleness today. And the first is this, is that Jesus in his very birth, life, death, and resurrection embodied gentleness. And the second is that if we are followers of Jesus, then we too need to be embodying gentleness as well. But I want to be sure y'all realize that the gentleness that Jesus refers to in this passage It doesn't mean doing something softly and tenderly. The word for gentleness in scripture in the Greek is praus. This is a very common Greek word. In ancient Greek, it would have referred to something gentle, mild, or regulated. And when it was referring to an animal that had been tamed like a horse, that was what was praus, gentle. Now, when a horse is tamed, it doesn't mean that it is any less strong or powerful of a creature. It just means that that strength and power are now under control. That, my friends, is prouse. That is the biblical definition of gentleness. To be prouse 
It means that you recognize the power that you have and then you put it aside or you relinquish it out of love. This is what Jesus speaks to in gentleness. Being aware of the power that one has in a relationship and then setting that aside, that is gentle. See, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle. Jesus, God in the flesh, had all the power of the world at his fingertips. We saw him use it. He speaks, and and people that are blind are no longer blind. He speaks, and someone that is dead is raised. He blesses loaves and fishes, and then they feed thousands of people. We see the power at work. But what we never see is Jesus using that power for harm. We see him use the power to control the weather, to raise the dead, and even to know what people are thinking. This is huge. But Jesus' power is Prouse. Jesus is aware of his power and yet always chooses to only use it for good. Our Lord and Savior, when he was hanging on the cross in that moment, could have done whatever he wanted to come down and to use that power. He could have used that power to silence his enemies. He could have used that power to create a certain agenda that felt easier and safe. But he embodied, I'm using this power for love. Jesus would want us to know today, when you take this yoke upon you, when you get linked up with Jesus, it's not a bait and switch. It's not like, link up with me, follow me, and then I'm going to take you down this different way. See, the yoke is the harness that is used to hold two oxen together. It's not to hold them together just for the purpose of being next to each other. Jesus doesn't even want to be in a relationship with us just to be next to us. The yoke is meant to connect two animals so that the load that they are carrying is easier. Easier. My yoke is easy. Jesus' yoke, he says, is gentle. And when you take that yoke upon your shoulders, whatever load any of us are carrying in our souls, you're now not carrying it alone. Being yoked with Jesus, it mysteriously connects us to him. Connects us to the one who had all the power in the world and still this day has all the power in the world and yet in gentleness and humility chooses service, chooses justice, sacrifice. Jesus embodies gentleness and we as his followers should as well. The Apostle Paul was big on gentleness as he was trying to encourage the early churches. And in six of his letters, he encourages them to be gentle. In two of Paul's greatest disciples, Timothy and Titus, the students that we have the letters of, they also are encouraging the early Christians to be gentle. 
And they do it by contrasting it with these images. They say, don't come at you, come, don't come at others with a stick. Do not be violent. Do not be quarrelsome. In all of these instances, Paul is talking about and encouraging gentleness when one finds oneself up against someone who believes something different than you, who has a different ideology on something. This is a relevant word for us today. But remember, gentleness is not about doing things softly and tenderly. You know, you can use a very calm and sweet voice and still cuss someone out. <laughs> the fruit of gentleness, it has to do with being aware of the power that you have in a relationship and then setting that aside to choose love. When our boys were little, Charlie was the dad who would wrestle with them on the ground. He never even considered, at least to my knowledge, using his full strength with them. That might be changing as they get bigger. <laughs> but none of us would question using gentleness with children, would we? And I think most of us, we really consider children one of the few things we will always be gentle and tender with. But something happens to us as we age. We get treated harshly. We see that others are getting their way by using their power in harmful ways. And before we know it, we are coming at people with a stick. We are quarreling for no good reason. And followers of Jesus, we can do better. Now to be sure, there are so many things in our lives, in our world, in our relationships that are unfair and unjust, they might even say be legitimate to cause a quarrel. Our natural reflex in those instances is to protect ourselves and the ones that we love. But what if we just added a drop of gentleness into those relationships? I remember when Elijah was born, he had two older brothers. At this point, they're only two and three years old, and he was like their new toy. Well, as you can imagine, toddlers don't know how to handle toys very gently. And so when they wanted to burp him, they would whack him on the back. When they wanted to hold him, they were so afraid that he was going to fall that they would squeeze him until he cried. They did not realize their strength and power. We would say, be gentle, be gentle. Friends, Jesus is saying the same thing to us today, that power that for some reason we have to win the conversation. Be gentle. Be gentle. For some reason, that power that we have because of our position, our gender, our skin color, our wealth status, because of our privilege, because of our access, be gentle, be gentle. May it be so in my life and in yours. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we ask that you would continue to, to tether us to yourself, to yoke us to you, 
And in that, that we would feel our, our burden lightened and we would feel seen and heard and known. And that in response, we could not help but go and do likewise. In Christ's name, amen.